0: I'm Mike. And I'm Adam. And this is Stuff and Waffle. Two friends talking about stuff, and often as not, waffling with frequent reference to Bond cars. Here we are for the final part of the Stuff and Waffle Museum of Glorious Things. Let's see what exhibits await. Right, I'd, I've forgotten your list. Where are we going now? Uh, we're going into my iconic room now. That was it, yep. Every car here is. Is unique or historically important in some way. Okay, um, that was the the thinking behind this room. Solid um, thought. Well, I think so. Mm. Now, right up front, again, I'm going to get this out of the way. We're going to have a Tesla Model S. We're going to have a pre facelift, a twenty, a very early one, okay. probably pre autopilot. A twenty thirteen or twenty fourteen mm-hmm. if you could find a founders edition, that would be amazing, but they're very, very hard to get a hold of eighty five kilowatt hour version Thanks. it's it is an iconic car. it was the first of its kind. It was the first long range mass produced pure electric car. Mm. Well, yes they'd shown that the tech worked with the roadster but this the model s sparked no pun intended um, <laughs> sparked a revolution it showed the world that electric cars could work in mm-hmm. the real world and for that alone i think it belongs in a in an icons section oh well, you add one as well and i add one I did indeed, and very proud to have had one. Yeah, um, it was fantastic. Yeah, I'm very fortunate to have been able to have uh, what I consider to be an iconic car, and I, I stand by that. I think it's it belongs in this section. It, it's it's right up there with the Model T Ford uh, and a number of other cars that I'm going to come on to mention. But yeah, right up front, a Tesla Model S I think absolutely belongs in the iconic section. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll have that. Moving on from there. Go on, then. You can argue this is sort of similar, although it's technology-wise it's not. But, again, I think it it certainly was the first of its kind, and it helped get us to the Tesla Model S, and mm-hmm. that's the Toyota Prius. Now, the Prius had a lot of faults. Mm-hmm. Um but it moved the argument towards more sustainable transport and uh, although it was a hybrid more got people thinking about electrification um, it served its purpose and it was extremely popular for a while it's a shame toyota didn't build on that technology um but they didn't yeah they've lagged behind a bit they well they went down hydrogen route and they're only just now beginning to admit that was perhaps a bit of a mistake and have now in fact just last week have said that they are going to start making battery electric cars after all um so <laughs> i think they've realized they went the wrong way after the Prius. um but i do think the prior, Prius was iconic i think it again it was the first of its kind uh, it wasn't the first hybrid, but it was the first. It was the first hybrid that really worked. It had enough electric range to work in the real world to make it mm-hmm. worthwhile, um, and it did move the argument on. It got people thinking about it. Uh, I think it. I think it deserves a place. Um, no, you you can have it. That you've you've justified its place. I think so. It was either that or a Nissan Leaf, but a Nissan Leaf, although another very important car. I think the Model S in terms of pure electric, is, is yeah. probably more important. Yeah. So no one's going to get excited over a Leaf, I'm afraid. I don't think so. No. I wouldn't expect anyone to get particularly excited over a Prius, although people did. At the but, time, yeah. Yeah. It was the first of its kind, and mm. it did move things on. Um, yeah. So, yeah, third prize. Now, my next choice is completely different to both <laughs> of those. Got it. In every conceivable way. I am having a World War Two Willys Jeep. Ah, uh, you see, i I could have predicted that. I love them. I love them. They're just Ish. again iconic. It was. Yeah. Uh, it was the first of its kind. It, it was the the first. Could argue it was the world's first SUV in a way, <laughs> but it. Um, you know, the car that won World War II, as uh, as Eisenhower famously said. Allegedly. Um, <laughs> allegedly. And the car that sparked the Land Rover. The boss of Land Rover had uh, an ex-World War II with his Jeep down on his farm. Yeah. Um, and he was so impressed with it. He thought, we've got to build one of these. We've got to do something like this. This is fantastic. Yeah. Um, I love the fact that that's in there. Yeah. yeah. I'm up for that the willies jeep has to be i mean they built them in such colossal numbers i mean obviously a lot of them were destroyed um they were built under license by several different companies including ford um they were just so simple and designed to be repaired with a hammer and a bit of string you know out on the front line and just be beaten to death and still work mm. it's just such a simple machine uh, i have been lucky enough to have a go in one um many years ago it's incredibly uncomfortable (laughs) yes it's not a luxury vehicle no it was not um and i always thought it was slightly strange that they put the fuel tank under the driver's seat when it was designed to go into combat oh dear (laughs) that was an interesting choice and they always said famously um uh, generals and things always used to ride in the front because the back seat was just completely unacceptable (laughs) <laughs> so they always insisted on either driving themselves or at least sitting in the front the back seat was just horrific so yeah world war ii these jeep an original one if you can find one would be would be wonderful and all, all stenciled up and you know yeah yeah that would be nice i mean i'm sure someone will find it for us oh yeah we'll we'll send some yeah. scouts out yeah <laughs> so, we're now going, again, in another completely different direction, but definitely an iconic car. The Mercedes-Benz 300SL Gullwing. Uh, yeah, the uh, the world's first supercar. The world's first supercar, absolutely. Iconic silhouette um, with the doors open, the, the fold-down steering wheel so that you can get into it, the high sills. Yeah, like you say, the world's first supercar. They're very, Um, I've I've seen a few and they're incredibly small things as well. Yeah, well, cars were then. I think it's bloody lovely. Mm. The proportions are perfection on that. It was beautiful, wasn't it? Mm. Absolutely beautiful. From every angle, it's a stunning car. Could find one in white. I think that would work. It's a difficult one. I mean, it's very difficult to get to, taken away from the usual silver with the red interior. That's Yes. That's yes. where your head immediately goes to. Yeah, it is. Yeah, for me, I think white is more evocative of that period. But, yeah, like you say, you're not going to turn one down in any colour, are you? No, no, um, you'll probably, probably be all right. Yeah, you be all right <laughs> with that. So, yeah, a 300 SL Gullwing, I think that definitely belongs. Uh, Next choice is along the same lines, and that would be a Lamborghini Miura. Well, uh, the world's first production car (laughs) mid-engined? I think so, yeah. The first Italian supercar, I believe. Um, Uh, Yes, and... Odd in the sense, was uh, a transverse V12 as well. Very true, and the iconic doors with the bull, the horns of the bull. Um, yes, so. so low and sleek. Yeah, and I believe it wasn't even an official project; it hmm. was some guys working in their spare time that put it together. And what a glorious um, project it was! Absolutely. So I think, yeah, Lamborghini Miura definitely belongs in the icon section. Very good, yep. love that. Staying along the same theme, but we're going in a slightly different direction, a Ford GT40. Oh, Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The car that Henry Ford ordered his British division to build when he was so furious with Enzo Ferrari for pulling out of the deal uh, when Ford was trying to buy Ferrari. Mm. Um, and I believe he ordered his British division to build a car that would beat the Italians at Le Mans, and it did. It did. Um, it, it Not just once. It did it no, four years in a row. Four on times on the trot, yes, absolutely. Uh, it certainly achieved the goal. He was so angry with Ferrari that, um, yeah, destroy them. <laughs> Yep, that was good. Like it that. Did. So I think we have to have a GT40 in there, an original GT40, not a kit car. Or although the new one, what well, I say new, not the latest one. The what was it in between one? Yeah, two thousand and four one. I've got a real soft spot for. I really like those, but I think for this purpose it would have to be an original. Yeah, um, I like that. For GT40, a little bit of motorsport in there for you. I'm um, very happy with you there. I thought you would be, yes. Now, for the rest of this collection, we're coming back to a slightly more ordinary stuff, perhaps, but stuff that I still think qualifies as iconic. And I'm going to go here with a Mark I Renault Espace. Yeah, I see why that's in there, because that that was a transformation. It revolutionised car buying. Yeah, it did. It was the first of its kind. It not yeah. only was a new type of car for that manufacturer It invented a whole new sector um a whole new segment of the market and it was one of those cars that really changed it changed the industry really it made every other manufacturer mainstream manufacturer uh, come out with something similar within a very short space of time it was a car that although not initially successful became enormously successful to the point where everyone else said "Uh, we need to do one of those yeah yeah definitely um so i think the espace and my next choice i think it did the same thing and that would be the mark one ford focus now that's a car that you could easily dismiss but again if you look at it in the context of the time it was made it did change the face of car design It Um, did. It was so radical. Yeah, we yeah we all love a Mark One Focus. Mm. Um, Arguably the best of all the focuses. I don't think any Mm. of the other focuses ever, or any other Ford really did had that kind of impact. It was such a striking, bold design, And and within two years, every other manufacturer had copied it. Yeah, it was so different, but not as well at any point. No, I don't think so and not only did it look bold it was very clever in its design it drove brilliantly Yeah. Um, independent rear suspension which no other car in its in its class had it handled brilliantly really talky little 1.6 engine it was yeah it was great it blew the market apart and ford didn't get enough credit for the original focus it was really really good so yeah. I think it belongs in the. If I'm building an icon section, there has to be a Mark One Focus in there. Yeah, no arguments. Yeah. Prefer, preferably in that kind of pale metallic green they launched it in. Oh yeah, yeah, I do remember that. <laughs> quite, a, quite a nice colour that actually. Uh, quite a nice colour. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll have nothing fancy. I think a 1.6 GL would do us fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. So my next choice for this section, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna touch on motorsport again here. This is um, good. And I but I, I yeah I'm confident in this choice. Uh, an Audi Quattro. Oh yes. <laughs> yes. The the four wheel drive rally king. Not since the days of the Ford Escort Mexico have we had something that landed on the rally scene like the Audi Quattro. <laughs> Yes, it, it, it caught everyone napping, that did. It did, didn't it? It mm. caught everyone out, yeah. And although it had quite a rudimentary four-wheel drive system... It, it was still just, four-wheel drive. It was still four-wheel drive and everyone else wasn't, yes. Uh Well, this is true. I mean, the only time it, it even got close to being rivaled was when Lancia were incredibly... It's not sneaky or anything like that, but it was It was all about the tactics with the 037. Yeah. The last two-wheel yeah. drive uh, car to win the WRC Championship. Manufacturer's Championship only, actually. Okay. That was uh, 1983. Um, Very good. Yes, I'm really the 037. And yeah. that was it. It it, it was four wheel drive ever since. I mean, because Audi introduced yeah. the Quattro or oh, blimey eighty one, and that's right. when it yes when yes. it trounced everyone. And yeah, it's it, we've not looked back since. No, absolutely not. As I say, it it not since the days of the Escort Mexico really has something made that bigger impact. Um, and it it made everyone react. Yeah it did exactly that um which is why i think it fits in the, you know that's what this section really is about it's about cars that made people sit up and think oh hang on a minute that that changes everything and i think all of these cars did that um, yeah, yeah and that's what that's what this section um is about really it's not as big as some of the other sections but i think they they're, they're yeah. all they they can all justify their places there. Mm. Yeah, I like that. Mm. And I'm sure there's plenty of other cars that we could we could fit in there. But that's it's a you know it's a modest collection. But yeah. Oh, that's yeah, that's my choice for my my icons room. Okay, right. So the it's back over to me for this, but let's... over to you for this next one. Yes. Okay. Yeah, where right. where are we at? Right. Okay. Well, think about it then. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take your Audi Quattro, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to borrow from that. Okay. Because I've got two sections left, but it seems sensible to follow on. I'll keep a the motorsport theme going here. We haven't had an overlap yet, have we? Neither of us has chosen a car that the other one has it out. Uh, no, I think my last section, possibly we might have an overlap. It depends what you pick, really, but I, I, I doubt it. So I think we're fairly safe now. Very good. Um, but yeah, we're going to go for the motorsport collection, right? I knew there'd be one. The, yes, <laughs> and this is important. And not, the the this you'll be fine with, because you'll have heard of, I would assume, quite a bit of it, if not hmm, I'm all sure. of it. I'm sure. Um, we're gonna. I'm going to attempt to do it in chronological order. Uh, okay, so, that's good. That's that's good. Uh So for me, we're gonna we're gonna kick off proceedings with Porsche, and it will <laughs> oh, be Porsche. Yes, but it's not a 911. You're all right. Okay, we're all right. It's the 1970 Le Mans winning Porsche 917 okay. K. Okay, those l- just brilliant cars. Uh Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Y- <laughs> You immediately think, well, Steve McQueen. Um, yeah, you, you do, don't you? Yeah. yeah. So this was the car driven by Hans Herman and Richard Atwood. It had that ridiculous engine, the four and a half liter Type Nine One Two flat twelve. Um, <laughs> yes, and it was still air cooled as well. Yeah. So I think that is proper Porsche. It's just lunatic engine that. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, that flying down the Molsan, you yeah. <laughs> it, it it doesn't get any more Le Mans than that. No, that is extremely Le Mans, isn't it? Mm. Yes, absolutely. Sorry, Le Mans. Oh um, no. Y- no, you're not Robert DeVal. <laughs> I'm not. No. no in any in any way, no. No <laughs> oh, God. No Le Mans, no. <laughs> Good heavens. Um that's That's probably my most retro reference, actually. That one, everything else is everything else is uh, in my lifetime, shall we say? Right, okay. Uh, And this is one that you'll agree with immediately. Uh, and it's the 1994 uh Volvo 850 estate that was entered in the BTCC. Oh, yeah, that that's got a bit of crossover. That could end up in your iconic room, that one. Yes, it could, couldn't it? Yes, uh, it could. That, yeah. Everyone remembers that. You remember, there's that brilliant shot of those. Thruxton's got those fierce curbs at the chicane. Yeah. Everyone's got that photo of it on two wheels. I've just found that photo. I've just Googled it, and it's, it's actually the first photo on Google Images. If you search for Volvo 850 BTCC, that's the first picture that comes <laughs> up. Yeah, those just brilliant marketing. It's on two wheels, but the wheels are still pushed up into the wheel arches. That's how unforgiving the suspension was. No spine. No. No. Uh, and that's that was. Yeah, it was only campaigned for a year, driven by Jan Lammers and Ricard Rydell. Uh, but I it's did. the one everyone remembers. Yeah, just classic, isn't it? Yeah, the um, Volvo Eight Fifty. It was a really good car anyway, but that one. Yeah. Incredible I, and in its uh secure core livery. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's um it's just it's just brilliant. And I mean, every, we all remember sitting there watching that at the time and thinking how have they done this? Why have they rolled out an estate? But it worked. Again, it yeah, and it, it had many, many followers of Volvo Estate doing things like that. Yes. Uh, yes, and it was in safe hands as well because it was. Uh, I'm, I'm going with confidence, but it was TWR that prepared them. It has TWR uh, logos on the boot. Yes. Okay. okay. So That's you right. are you are correct. The memory is right. <laughs> yes, then it is. Yes, I can see their logo on the picture. Yes. That's all right then. Yeah. So you, you're in safe hands. Yes, you are. Good choice. We'll yes, we'll have one of those. Okay, moving swiftly on to the following year, and that will be from nineteen ninety five. It'll be Colin McRae's championship winning Subaru Impreza five five five. Interestingly, the competition model was called five 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 because of the sponsorship. Okay, uh, it didn't it didn't carry the, any specific Subaru model number it, it it borrowed from the iconic tobacco sponsorship. Okay. There you go. Oh very good. Yes, uh, I have found a picture of same. Yes. Yeah. Uh it's it's the one that nobody expected the young upstart to beat Carlos Sainz. Yeah. Uh and well there he is. There he it, is. It, yeah. Uh, it's just a, a lunatic and imprezza, and it was that everyone remembers it. Most people even remember the number plate as well. It was uh, L555BAT. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's, I'm obviously not looking at a picture of the original because the uh, oh, there it is. Yes, no, I've just found it. Yes, L555BAT. You're right. Mm. Yeah, so yeah, that's that's going in there mundo, um, sir. We'll, we'll keep the years rolling one by one. Oh yes, you're um, doing this classic thing. You? Uh, we are, yeah. It's, it's just purely coincidence that it's one year after another at the moment. Uh, okay. And it's uh, <laughs> we'll will head into the world of Formula One. And we'll have Damon Hill's 1996 championship-winning Williams FW18. Okay, that had that wonderful Renault RS8 three-liter V10 engine. Dreaming, just gloriousness. Sticking it's it. very Formula One, that isn't it? It yes. is, and it's. You could argue that he was just the gentleman of the sport mm. as well. It he was just very endearing to the fans. His main rival was his teammate, who was uh, was Jacques Villeneuve. It was his mm-hmm. first year in Formula One. Um, while he was a rival, Damon took it upon himself to. To kind of uh, take him under his wing slightly as well. He was always, okay. he was always very helpful. He was always the first person to put the arm round him if he'd had a blunder. It was mm, to be admired Ooh, really. Yeah, very good. Now he's always come across as a jolly decent chap. Yes, got a lot of time for Damon. Mm. Um, we then move on to the year two thousand. Oh, and big jump. Uh, yeah, big jump, and we're going to move on, and we're going to have Michael Schumacher's uh, championship winning Ferrari F1 2000. After four years of everyone going, is he going to do it? He did it. Yes. Uh, that was Ferrari's first driver's championship for 21 years. Everyone seems to forget that little fact going, oh, Ferrari a brilliant in Formula 1. They really weren't for quite a while. They, they hadn't been for a long time. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And his sheer determination has to be admired. He went into a car in 96 that was actually, I mean, it was awful. It was, it was, everyone soon realized after testing and they went, wow, that is properly crap. <laughs> right. Didn't stop him getting a win that year. But he went out anyway. Yeah, but it, it but it was awful. Um, and and yeah, he worked tirelessly for four years and got there in the end. And then when he got there, he stayed there. Yeah. So very that, good. That that, that that goes in because that of that. Should, that should go in. Yes. Yeah. And for the final run of three cars, it's all it's all Le Mans. Okay. Um, and we're going to start with Porsche. Oh, and, Porsche. Uh, yeah, not, not a 911. Um, no. <laughs> uh, in 2005, Porsche developed the RS Spyder. It was built for LMP2 competition. So not the top class of them Mans, second class. Mm-hmm. Um, it had a 3.4-litre V8. And what it did in sports car racing was just ridiculous. It won uh, a huge amount in America, which was where sports cars basically revolved around at the time mm-hmm. in the American Le Mans Series. And then it won its class in Le Mans in two thousand eight and two thousand and nine. Very good. That's properly Le Mans. I mean, you can just look at that and know it's Le Mans. Yeah, and you think if you if you found it in the in the yellow DHL colour scheme, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah that that that's that's the one. Uh for quite some time I don't I'm not entirely sure if it's still there they it they had one at the Porsche Experience Center in Silverstone. Okay. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, very nice. Um yeah. I'm going to continue on a Porsche. Scene. <laughs> uh and I'm going to pick for various reasons this one, the 2015 uh, Le Mans winning Porsche 919 Hybrid. Ooh. It was the first Porsche overall win since 1998. Okay. Uh, which is quite a big deal, really. Ooh. Yeah, uh, Considering they are the most successful manufacturer in the top class, it, it was quite a gap between wins. Mm-hmm. Uh, the car that won, they had three 919s that year. The car that won was the car that wasn't meant to. <laughs> right. Considering the two others were their star-studded normal lineup. And the one that won was uh, the one with the two youngsters and a guy from F1 that wasn't doing so well.
1: <clears throat> okay.
0: Uh, yeah, so that was, it was driven by Earl Bamber, Nico Hülkenberg, and Nick Tandy. And yeah, the the youngsters and the F1 failure won it. Wow, Very so good. That, and another little, just just a little bit, what cements it for me? I was there that year as well. So oh well, there you are. Yeah. yeah. Well, then you've got to have one. Yeah. So we'll have that one. That's going in. You're going to just sit in that, aren't you? Mm. I think I'm too fat for it. Um, I uh, yeah. <laughs> could could be a problem. Yeah, there, there <laughs> might be a width issue on that. Yeah, okay. You might just sit near it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Lockdown's not been kind. Um, <laughs> no, uh, to any of us. No. Um, <laughs> and finally, another Le Mans winning car from 2018, the Toyota TSO50 Hybrid, uh, is driven by Fernando Alonso, Sebastian Buemi, and Kazuki Nakajima. Oh, you got oh, all the names there, haven't yeah. you? Yeah. Uh, it was Toyota's first ever win. They came so close in various generations. And uh, let's not mention the year that they retired on the penultimate lap. And I nearly, I, I mean, I say I nearly burst into tears. I think I cried and started drinking again. <laughs> um, oh. Um, oh, I was in a right state. Yes. Um, uh, <laughs> it was also first. It was the first Japanese overall win since 1991, which was the Mazda 787B, which to to that time was the only Japanese overall win. Right. Uh, Interestingly, that Mazda got banned immediately. (laughs) Right. Well, being a Mazda, it was rotary. Of course. They trounced the competition and then went, uh no you can bugger off with that i think yes that's a completely different sort of car <laughs> yes. Uh, yes and what yes. a sound That yeah, I, yeah uh i've i've been at le mans since where it was uh, that car had been showcased and some demo laps and it sounds demonic yeah i'm sure it, yeah it hurts when it drives past. (laughs) Right. And you think, that was one demo lap. That went for 24 hours. How would it not ruptured people's eardrums? How were they allowed... I mean, presumably they knew beforehand that it was a rotary engine, or didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, Le Mans very traditional. Uh, On the... Oh, God. Even at the time, I suppose, it would have been the Monday... uh, the scrutineering is very public you can go along to scrutineering and watch the cars go through the entire process it's done very openly so it all these cars have to be checked and passed in a very public domain Hmm. well Uh, how did that get in then um well it passed and then they changed the rules because they went well no we can't have that
1: Oh, no. I see. Yeah, well, mm. that's not
0: particularly fair on Mazda, then, was it? No, I mean, you think well—that's the way it works with the rotary. Because if you measure the displacement, it's actually quite small. Yeah, but oh, they it's are really—they're they're tiny engines. If you measure it in the usual way, yeah. Mm. So, yes, yeah, so there mm. we go. Oh, there, yeah, interesting, interesting. Well, yeah, I some very interesting choices there. You've 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 justified that well. Okay, that's good. Okay, well, I'm ha- yes, you'll you'll happily visit that section. Well, maybe not very often. Um, <laughs> you'll love it. Yeah, it, I'm sure it'll bring in the crowds, which is oh, yes. you know what we're looking for here. So right, just my last section then. Uh, what my dad had. Yeah, that's oh, right. Then. Or what what anyone's dad might have had. Yes. Um, now, this is very much of my era um obviously different people are going to have different things but this is very much the cars that i recall my friends parents having or seeing around or you know uh, that sort of thing when i was growing up which would have been second half of the 70s uh, early 80s and this you know it's other people will have different choices but this is what the sort of stuff that speaks to me none of these are like you were doing with your 911s these are not going to be fancy models these are going to okay. be base spec or you know sort of average spec you know we haven't got there's no room for a gti here um <laughs> so i'm starting off with a ford sierra nice. um i'm thinking probably a good sort of middle of the row sort of maybe a uh one point six or possibly a two litre uh, GL, maybe even an estate. Yeah, yeah. Um I think would be appropriate. Yeah. Um I did like the Sierra Estate with the 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 built in roof bars. Um it was one of the first cars to do that. Yes indeed, um, yeah. And um, you know, maybe a little bit of a sunroof and uh and obviously yeah. obviously velour. Well that's um, the only thing, isn't it? Yeah, Lovely. Oh yeah, of course. Then you would have to have the GL because uh, the uh, the L would have only have had the fabric. Uh, six, Quite so. yes, yes. In fact, I don't even. I'm sure it would have had a radio then. Um, <laughs> so, so original generation um, Sierra. So we'd have been uh, mid, early early eighties, mm-hmm. I think. On that one, fairly bogo Ford Sierra, along Sorry. the same lines. I think you'd have to have a Vauxhall Cavalier. I think it's only fair to have the Vauxhall equivalent. I think so. Mm -hmm. I think so. Now, the Cavalier estate didn't sell as well as the Sierra estate, so it may have to be the five-door hatch. Not sure. And I'd probably go for uh, a Mark II, yeah, I think that's quite age appropriate. Being yeah. from the right era. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think so. Now we're moving, we're moving towards British Leyland here for a while. Now <laughs> this is a this is a a subject that we've we touch on a lot, but I think it it would it wouldn't be right to not include a Rover SD1. Right. Yeah. Got to be, isn't it? Yeah, I fully agree on that one. Got to be. Got to have an s d one probably not the v eight no um uh but I think it's got a bit it'd probably be in brown or something like that um, oh that seems um seems quite apt, doesn't it I think so now, sitting next to that, I would like to see an austin montego wow, yeah 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 they were they were everywhere. Mm. when I was of an age, um, absolutely everywhere. Um, I'd probably go for a saloon, not the estate in this case. Um, quite like the saloon. Um, it was actually quite a good-looking car. It clearly wasn't a very good car, but it was quite a good-looking car. Yeah, it did um, look all right. It was just it's... it didn't age well, did it? They didn't... No, it didn't. Um, It was always behind the competition, really. Yeah, it was. They struggled a bit, didn't they, with that? And, of course, one of its strongest competitors, and a real favourite of mine, uh, the Nissan Bluebird. Mm. Oh, got to have that in there. Mm. Um, Again, probably the five-door hatch, although there was an estate. But, uh, yeah, I really liked those. There used to be a taxi firm around here at that time that ran them. Um, so you often saw a bluebird whizzing around. Um, yes, it's a perfect mini cabin. They were pretty bulletproof, Mm. go too far wrong with a Nissan of that era. But while we're on the subject of bulletproof, I would like to slot in a Volvo 240 estate, it's got to be there, I think. (laughs) Well, there's plenty of them still going to this day, Well, there is without there? You, too much yeah. care and attention, really. Yeah, you do see them. There's one advertised locally at the moment. And you look at it, you think, actually, I, yeah, I, yeah, that looks quite decent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like yeah. you say, it's not a car that's been mollycoddled. I mean, it's, it's out there, and it just kind of keeps going. Yeah, um, just good cars. You just can't kill them. So I think we've got to have a Volvo 240 in, in that section. Got to do it. Now, the next choice, a bit more unusual, perhaps, and perhaps for the slightly more well healed father, but um, <laughs> they they were around, uh, Mercedes W123. Mm. Yeah, I think we all, we've we all got a soft spot there. No, I think we do, don't we? They're yeah. just... So nice. They were rather prone to the old tin worm. So a, a lot of them have gone, but they were, they were every, again, a popular taxi. They were just everywhere. Now, my final choice for this section is one that always causes much and merriment. Um, they were everywhere when I was a kid, and that's the Lada Reaver. Uh, they really were, and they were around for a long time. They were, again, you couldn't kill them. <laughs> no. When you were a kid, when I was a kid, they were just there. They were. On every street corner, there was one. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, they were cheap, solid, rugged motoring, weren't they? You could yeah. see why people bought them. Well, that's it. I mean, if it can endure a Russian winter, it can cope with a bit of rain in England, can't it? Exactly they just would not go wrong so i can see they were a bit like the um the skoda of that era you know when when skoda really was skoda before vw got hold of it and turned it into actually quite a decent car it was the the original uh were they the estelle the rear-engined ones oh yeah 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 they were everywhere at that time as well for the same reason they were pretty solid, but I think the larder really in both saloon and estate form. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, was... plentiful at the time. Yeah, absolutely yeah. everywhere. Um mm, yeah, it's a good choice. It it they would have been on many, many a driveway at the time. Yeah, absolutely. They yeah, they were. Another car that fitted into that category actually, which could go in here. Do you remember the FSO Pollinares? Oh yeah. Yeah, that was another one that was kind of rugged. And um yeah, there was quite a lot of those around for a short period of time. Yeah, they they didn't have the longevity of the Larders, but no. Yeah, they they were they were knocking about for a while. Yeah, they were. Um but I think in for in terms of this I'd I'd have to have a Larder in there. Mm. No, I completely agree, and yeah, there's the, that nostalgia thing, I'd, I'd like that in there. Yeah, this is very much a nostalgic section, and I think yes, uh, we'd be wrong not to have a not to have a larder in there. Mm, um, yeah, I like that. There are many, many choices that could go into that section. Uh, it could be huge, but I've tried to keep it fairly focused. Um, <laughs> Ford, Vauxhall, Rover, Nissan, Volvo. Uh, Mercedes and Lada, I think, is a good all round selection. Very good. No, happy with that, mate. Yep, that's the stuff and waffle museum. Oh, no, no, don't worry. I've still got another section, mate. You got another section? (laughs) Ah, I thought we'd go. Well, no, 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 bonus material, bonus material. Yeah, Uh, which actually is quite a nice segue. I mean, wildly different, but oh, we got we should put a segue in. Uh, oh yeah, well if we're going to need to get around the place i was going to see, we need a couple just to get around Yes. <laughs> now now this section uh, it, It's a nice little segue from where you were With my dad had one and nostalgia and <laughs> being a child uh, I've gone completely extreme While it, it <laughs> conjures up memories of childhood It's the stuff that you could never have um, ah very good. The total so opposite of what I've yeah. just done. <laughs> yeah, so we we're, we're heading into 90 supercars. Oh, which for me I think it's the heyday of the supercar. Yeah. Uh and well it was before health and safety and emissions and all that kind of got old of them, wasn't it? Yeah, it was um, that last era before it got ruined. Yeah. And this is the room of mine that I think you want to visit the most. <laughs> okay uh and to know no one's going to be surprised uh the first one on the list is the jaguar xj220 beautiful i was hoping it would appear somewhere yeah yes. well i can't see it in anyone else's museum so it's going in ours. is it yeah <laughs> you have to get your own yeah yes. just get me own. it's fine <laughs> so don't worry about that
1: Excellent. Uh, that is our third
0: jaguar i believe that is our third and yes and I've just uh, realised I didn't put an XJR in the muscle section, but I did have an S-type R, so I'm alright. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, I need to, actually, I might might say a little spoiler here. This isn't the last Jaguar. <laughs> oh, Um, oh! Be still. Yeah, 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 we'll we'll get there. We'll build up to it. Good. I'm going to bookend this. You watch. Um, <laughs> uh, the next one is just a, a car that is incredibly special incredibly flawed troubled history the best supercars always are uh lawsuits <laughs> wonderful little italian documentaries on youtube that you need the subtitles on for um the bugatti <laughs> eb110 oh yeah yeah i i had I, I remember that being on old top gear i remember yes. the models that i had and I just this, this is this is perfection. Yeah, I mean it wasn't. It was a complete shambles. It's awful. But... I mean, <laughs> just <laughs> V twelve, four turbos, uh, just yeah. lunacy. Yeah, Michael Schumacher had one. There you go. Oh, there you go. Well, yeah. he was. Yeah, uh, that was when he was uh, he was driving for Benetton at the time, and that was his, his little treat to himself. Okay, very good. Mm. <laughs> and uh, your like as well uh, is his teammate at the time martin brundle uh d- went and drove it michael said oh no take it for a spin see what you think and martin brundle at the time said i don't know i think it's a bit crap <laughs> <laughs> oh fantastic yeah he's he's oh. he looks back on it these days with a bit more fondness but uh yeah at the time he was not enamored <laughs> yeah. with it bubble burst yeah <laughs> <laughs> then, yeah. um uh, no list is complete without the mclaren f one uh true, yeah, it's gotta be isn't it gotta uh gotta be I don't want any fancy versions, I want completely original yes uh, i I just think the absolute cleanness of those first cars, yeah, they're such it's a good love it, yeah, mm. not the one that Rowan accentson crashed, um yes. <laughs> It's uh, yeah, it's lovely. Yeah, mm. there's one of those in the Peterson actually. Um, mm. lovely things, yes. Yeah, we'll have that. Um, very good. Uh, a car that wasn't conceived in the 90s, but production continued until 92, so I feel it should be in the lit- be in here. And mm-hmm. that's the Ferrari F40. Yeah, of course, it should. Uh, that that wonderful. Just small displacement, V8, twin turbo, carbon, tub carbon, body just, yeah. Yeah, Light weight, no fanciness, all the turbo lag, and then death. Yes. (laughs) Yep. You summed that up well. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. And I think, was that the last car that Enzo Ferrari saw? Before, oh, before I don't know, but you could be right. Mm. I think it it must have been around that time. Yeah, you could um, well be right. Uh, and by complete contrast, we could bring, come to Porsche and the 959. Oh, of te- course. The technologically advanced car in comparison to the F40. Still, yes. small displacement, twin turbo, but all the electronic gubbins, the four-wheel drive... A very different take on it, but a very yes. similar end product. Bill Gates had one. He did. We yes. touched on that before. He, he had one, but he couldn't use it. No, that's no, right. That, yeah, no, no. Porsche <laughs> didn't want to do any crash tests to pass it in America. Went, nah, it's fine. So no, but it didn't stop him. It didn't stop him buying one. <laughs> well, he had plenty of land to drive it on. He's fine. He did. Yeah. yeah. Um Lamborghini Diablo. Ooh, dirty. Yep, and uh, I'm thinking really early doors one. Still with the pop-ups, two-wheel drive, six-liter. Yes, bit of yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No argument there. Yeah, okay. and to borrow from the styling, I know we've mentioned this one before actually, uh, and that's the Suzetta V16T. Bloody. I think he did that last time, and went. Oh, the bloody hell's that? And I went. Yes. Oh, yeah. It looks similar to a Diablo, funnily enough, because somewhere along the line we've got same designers and a bit of weirdness along the way. In oh, fact, yeah. In fact, uh, to this to this day, now you can still, I believe, you can still go to Suzetta, whatever incarnation they are. At this particular moment and you can have one of these new really wow! yeah yeah you can go to them and say i'll have one Buy me. there was quite a period where that wasn't possible but now i think it started up again and you if you can you're actually enough, go and you can, can buy down. one wow yeah. so well, there, there you go, go. very good yep yeah. that's a bit of nice bit of weirdness there for you oh gotta add um, some weirdness in there and uh, continue the Ferrari theme as well. We've had the F40, so might as well have the F50. Oh, I think so. Um, supposedly the Formula One car for the road. is a bit of a push. Uh, well, you could argue that the engine was derived from Formula One, it was heavily modified, the engine was bolted to the chassis as kind of a stress member as if it were a Formula 1 car but it's just there were too many differences but it was still a wild ride yeah the styling bothers some people yeah I can see that yeah but it's yeah I, I got a lot of time for it mm, then it should go in yep I, I said to you there wouldn't be any more nine didn't I yep However, there is yeah. uh, there is a, a roof CTR, or as it's more commonly known, Yellowbird. Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: Let's so it's look not, this
0: up, it's, it's not left. a nine eleven. Is kind it is. not? Uh, it, but it kind it, of is. It, yeah. yeah. But it kind of is. I think it certainly looks like one. Uh, but it's from. It's made by Roof. Honest. Hmm. Uh, so it? yeah. <laughs> Now that is a cool car. Really mm. very special. Mm. German talk me talk me through it then. Talk me through it. Okay. So it's got it obviously it started life as a nine eleven. Uh I it, think that's fairly obvious, yes. Um it's a highly tuned version of uh Porsche's three point two flat six. Okay. okay. Uh, so it was essentially t- that was the starting point, so it was bored out to a three point4, uh, given twin turbos. Uh, but you can see from the styling, it, it it maintained that sleekness. It didn't have the full bulge of of the turbos of the era. It didn't have that colossally wide stance. No. The body panels were lightened. There was yeah. an integrated roll cage. Upgraded suspension, upgraded brakes, uh, upgraded gearbox, new bumpers, mm-hmm. uh, plus so, fitting yeah. door handles for the look of it as well. Yeah. So yeah, it was special. It was... I don't. I'm not sure I was aware of that. And oh, we go it is an interesting one. I think I'd have to check my facts on this. Uh, but in there's a Pervy Porsche feature. In 1972, uh, in a similar way, that the, there's a side filler for the petrol. In 1972, there was a side filler for the oil. Okay. And I believe the Yellowbird had that feature, I think. Hmm. The pictures I'm looking at, it looks like it's got the filler on top of the front wing um as it would be on a on an ordinary 911 uh yeah but the rear uh, the the oil filler was at the rear behind okay, the door. it wasn't it wasn't in with the with the fuel no uh, okay. no no it was a separate filler cap and i believe the reason they did it and it was a reinstation of this is this this very pervy pull fact from one year only the reason They did that is because the oil tank on the car had to be moved because of the intercooler placement because of the twin turbos. Okay. Yes, that is a very dirty fact. Yes. (laughs) Yes. We aim to please. So there you go. Wow. Uh, There's a bit of that. Um, And I did promise you a Jaguar bookend did, you did, what have you chosen? Uh, and that would be very much a motorsport-derived and influenced Jaguar XJR 15. Ooh. Ooh. Ah, yes. Okay. Yes, I, I recall it now you've mentioned it. Oh, yes. that's all right, then. Yes, yes, I'm with you now. Yes, okay. Ah, yeah, int- Yeah, Mm. Yeah, I'd forgotten about that. Mm. Yeah, that fits in nicely with that that little collection. Yeah, yeah, that that collection is going to kill you. Yeah, pretty much whichever one you choose. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's there's a yeah. lot there. I think I think probably the most terrifying will be that yellow bird. Actually, yes, probably, probably because you've not put in any early Lambos. Which would be fairly terrifying. Yeah, um, I just I think that 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 yellow bird with the uprated engine plus twin turbos, lightweight body, it it's just going to kill you. Yeah, <laughs> is that your favourite? <laughs> no, it's still gonna in that room. It'll still be the XJ two twenty. Good. Uh, yeah, that that doesn't yeah. change. I don't think. Uh, th- I mean, don't get me wrong. That's not going. To, that's not an easy car to drive, is it? No, God, no. None of not, these cars no. are, are are overburdened with driving aids or anything to save you. Pretty much all of them are a complete dog's breakfast from that point of view. Yes, I think. I think actually, probably the Porsche 959 is the most advanced yeah. in terms of technology and will will save you from being a complete arse. Yes. Uh, but the rest of them are death machines. If you're popping down to get us our milk in the morning, you're not picking something from that room, are you, really? No. 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 <laughs> no. It's not going to be safe. No. But, so yes, there we are. Wow, that... there we are. Yeah. That's the Stuff and Waffle Automotive Gloriousness Collection. General perviness is all done there. Dot com. Yes. <laughs> Quick, let's get the domain. <laughs> yeah, get it bought. Yeah. Very good. I think we've done well there. Yes. I. Yeah. Not not upset with that in the slightest. You a beautiful mix of vehicles there. Yeah. we better get shopping then, haven't we? Well, as long as we know people with the cars, we don't actually have to shop, so it's fine. No, that's true. That's um, a good point. Yes. But looking at the list there, I'm, I, don't, I don't know how many we'd get. I don't, I don't know anyone offhand who's got, well, any of them really. Any of them. <laughs> Let's fire so, out a few emails and see what's going That's a very good point. Getting. Yeah. That, mm, some of those are not going to be easy to track down. It's fine. It's fine. A few phone no. calls. Will, once the ball's rolling. Although. Could probably get us a Mark Horne Focus fairly cheapish, and I'll only need about two hundred quid. <laughs> oh no, don't be silly! Second-hand car prices have gone daft. Okay, five hundred quid. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> it's oh, it's going to be a lovely, lovely museum. Oh, it is. Can't it is. Not. Just need to find someone to run the cafe. Oh, we'll find someone. Don't worry about that. Yeah and just pop in an overpriced gift shop and it's all finished oh we're all there then aren't we yeah very good i'm up for it let's go yeah let's do it yeah, let's let's write the business plan well i think uh that's probably enough of that for this week uh check us out on uh, all the various social medias and things uh thank you very much for listening